My name is Christian Loria Lucas. This is a poem titled 2016, inspired by Abraham Ratner's Place of Darkness. Misery the monsters brought to the grounds where, atop the privileged hill, they gathered above the fray, knowing that those whom they plotted to lead astray were eager to be loved, desperate for glorious affirmation. Awakened by the grumbles of the disenfranchised, the monsters, they flocked there, with their ear-to-ear grinning, exacerbating the exacerbated woes of the trodden, reclaiming the hill for them. They said it had been taken away, inciting then the frightful panic that stung their belly walls. Come with us, the monsters called, and with great alacrity, the faithful rose arm in arm, fingers betwixt fingers. Grime beneath their poisonous claws, the monsters reassured there would be retribution for the wronged, engendering desire for taking back what was their home, albeit by force even if they must do harm, by tainted, ugly words, even if they must do harm. And the trodden mingle with monster, groveling each at boot and at hoof, as victims pile and the disenfranchised disenfranchise. It may end with the hill a mound of crumbs, but for now, the monsters are there. I'm Christian Loria Lucas, and I wrote a poem inspired by Abraham Ratner's Place of Darkness piece. I had never looked at a piece of artwork and come up with a way to interpret it. Usually I just visit a museum and I say, oh, well, that looks cool what they did there. But I never took the time to actually let something settle in. And I decided to write a poem because I think it was it was going to be a challenge for me, but I wanted to see what I can come up with. I took it as a sign of what the current state of the country is right now, pretty much the entire world. And I think 2016, with the election of Donald Trump, kind of changed the tone of the country. And it's definitely a darker place, in my opinion. You know, I'm seeing things now that I didn't experience as a child, and it's weird watching my children see the news feeds of the, you know, the refugees, the police brutality, the rhetoric that's on TV and having to explain to my seven-year-old, you know, well, why people are angry about this. It's just, you know, I didn't expect all of this. I started with the blank page, as all writers do, and I had to really let it settle in what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. But it was very, I don't know, it was like a stress reliever. I don't know. It was, it felt good to finally get out probably what I had been thinking unconsciously on paper. And I think being given this challenge to look at this painting, it kind of helped me just bring out those thoughts and those ideas and things that I wish I could say to people on a daily basis just to explain how I feel as a, you know, a woman of color in this day and time, a mom, a woman of how I feel you know, the country is dealing with things right now. Hi, 
Hi, this is Jenny McComas. I'm the curator of European and American art at Indiana University's Eskenazi Museum of Art. In Abraham Ratner's painting, Place of Darkness, we are confronted with a scene that simultaneously conveys horror and beauty. Its richly colored palette shimmers like stained glass, an effect emphasized by Ratner's application of heavy black outlines to shape and organize the composition. Upon close inspection of the canvas, we can also see an amazingly varied paint surface. In some areas, Ratner has incised designs into the thick paint with the end of his paintbrush. In other areas, he has applied a thick impasto to create scaly or feathery textures. Yet while the painting is beautifully crafted, its subject is suggestive of a nightmare. We see a collection of many grotesque or monstrous figures arrayed against a dark blue background. At the left, a red-faced figure, with his features rearranged in a cubist fashion, appears to be crying out in pain. His face is illuminated by a candle held by a clown-like character rendered in shades of blue. Above this creature in the center, a masked figure wearing a plumed hat tilts his head towards the ghostly apparition of an angel holding a guitar. At right, a faceless knight is accompanied by a bird-like creature riding a horse. And in the distance, we see another small knight on horseback, somewhat reminiscent of Don Quixote's tilting at windmills. When looking at Place of Darkness, I can't help but think of Pablo Picasso's mural Guernica, painted in 1937 following the bombing of civilians in a Basque village during the Spanish Civil War. Ratner's painting feels aesthetically aligned with Picasso's work and conveys a similar sense of horror, yet it also contains a faint glimmer of hope. Few of us today have heard of Abraham Ratner. However, he was prominent in the New York art world during the 1940s. Ratner was born in 1895 in Poughkeepsie, New York. His parents were Jewish immigrants who sought refuge in the United States from the increasingly violent anti-Semitism of late 19th century Russia. Ratner later recalled the stories of persecution, torture, and murder he had heard at home as a child. He too experienced anti-Semitism, though of a less violent nature, while growing up in Poughkeepsie, and those experiences affected him for the rest of his life. Ratner's father had hoped to become a rabbi, but had to abandon his studies and work as a baker to support his family in the United States. Thus, he was sensitive to his son's artistic interests and encouraged them. Ratner was able to study art at George Washington University and the Corcoran School of Art in Washington, D.C. He then enlisted in the Army when the United States entered World War I in 1917. Following an injury during the Second Battle of the Marne, Ratner returned home. But in 1920, he traveled again to Paris, where he remained for the next 20 years as an active member of artistic circles there. Paris in the 1920s was home to a thriving community of both French and expatriate artists. Whatever their origins, artists in Paris in the 20s were intent on developing an innovative and international approach to modernism. Ratner himself began blending aspects of French Cubism, German Expressionism, and Italian Futurism in his paintings. In Place of Darkness, I also detect the possible influence of German painter Max Beckmann, who spent some time in Paris in the 20s. Beckmann's paintings are defined by his signature use of heavy black lines and crowded, sometimes chaotic, compositions. Beckmann also became something of a specialist in portraying the horrors of modern warfare, filtered through a complex personal symbolism. 
There are some definite parallels here with the work of Abraham Ratner. But Picasso was perhaps even more important for Ratner, who probably saw Guernica at its very first public exhibition at the Paris World's Fair of 1937. This was at the height of the Spanish Civil War, when Republican forces were battling against the fascist armies of Francisco Franco. The artwork displayed in the Spanish Republic's pavilion, including Guernica, were intended to make the suffering of ordinary Spanish people, resulting from Franco's atrocities, more visible to the world. Picasso's use of a modernist visual language distills their suffering into simple forms that make a huge emotional impact on us. Ratner's Place of Darkness has many of the same qualities, in that we react intuitively and emotionally to the painting, even without knowing its specific historical and cultural references. The outbreak of World War II, and more specifically the German occupation of France, drove Ratner and his wife back to the United States in 1940. They settled in New York, but soon after, in 1941, Ratner decided to reacquaint himself with American culture by taking a lengthy road trip with the writer Henry Miller. After two decades abroad, Ratner's situation was not unlike that of the European artists and intellectuals who found refuge from Nazism in the United States. Most of these people experienced some form of culture shock, a feeling that was heightened by the fact that they were refugees whose lives had been turned upside down, and also due to the worry they felt for relatives left behind. Ratner's transition was easier since he had grown up in the United States and did not have to go through the stress of competing for an American visa. However, his 1941 road trip revealed to him that average Americans were indifferent to the plight of Europeans in the war, and he was stunned by their anti-immigrant attitudes. Had he actually been in the U.S. during the 1930s, he might not have been so stunned. During that decade, many polls revealed not only that Americans were disinclined to admit more immigrants, but also that anti-Semitism permeated all levels of American society. Between his return to the United States in 1940 and the end of the war in 1945, Ratner created a series of paintings that addressed the Holocaust, reports of which began filtering into the U.S. by 1942. None of his paintings portray the genocide in a literal or documentary way, in part because very few visual images of the ghettos or concentration camps could be seen in the U.S. until after the war. But it's unlikely that Ratner would have chosen to express his pain over the situation of European Jews in such a literal fashion anyway. He was more interested in presenting his audiences with images that could be read as universal scenes of human suffering and depravity, much like Picasso's Guernica can be interpreted as a commentary on the universality of suffering, despite its reference to a specific incident in Spain. One way that Ratner accomplished his goal was by painting a series of crucifixion scenes during the war years. Images of the crucifixion had been pervasive in Western culture for centuries, and it was a familiar image that an artist could use to communicate with the broader population. In fact, quite a few Jewish artists adopted Christian iconography at this time. They hoped to convey messages about Jewish suffering in a visual language that almost everybody could understand. For example, Marc Chagall, who also came to the U.S. during the war, painted many crucifixion scenes. In one of them, Jesus wears a loincloth resembling a talit, or Jewish prayer shawl, and his cross is surrounded by scenes of violence being perpetrated against contemporary Eastern European Jews and synagogues. In Ratner's paintings, Jesus is less explicitly Jewish, but he clearly symbolizes Ratner's anguish over the Holocaust. 
Place of Darkness, painted between 1941 and 1943, doesn't contain a crucifixion scene, but it too relays his distress about the Holocaust. Since the painting's title suggests a feeling of despair and hopelessness, it is interesting to find that it originally had a different title, one which contained a glimmer of hope. The painting was first displayed in Ratner's one-man show in May 1943 at the Paul Rosenberg Gallery in New York. According to the exhibition records, the painting had a French title, which translates to, Can One Illuminate a Dark and Murky Sky? This title is taken from a line in French poet Charles Baudelaire's 1855 poem, The Irreparable. One scholar has suggested that Baudelaire's poem was inspired by a painting by Eugène Delacroix that depicts a scene from Dante's Inferno. The Inferno is part of the Divine Comedy, an epic work by 14th century Italian poet Dante. In the Inferno, Dante imagines himself traveling through hell, which he describes as a realm of nine concentric circles of torment, inhabited by those who have succumbed to bestiality and violence against their fellow humans. Yet the Inferno also describes the journey of the soul away from sin and towards God. It is easy to see how Baudelaire's poem, with its possible references to the Inferno, would have appealed to Ratner in the early 1940s. The stanza that especially caught Ratner's attention reads, Can one illuminate a dark and murky sky? Can one tear apart the darkness, denser than pitch, without morning, without night, without stars, without funereal lightning? Can one illuminate a dark and murky sky? The poem's repeated question of whether one can illuminate the darkness suggests a hopefulness that the darkness can indeed be overcome. So what did this stanza's allusion to hopefulness mean to Abraham Ratner? By the spring of 1943, when he finished the painting we now call Place of Darkness, the war was beginning to turn in the Allies' favor. Yet at the same time, the genocidal actions of the Nazis against Europe's Jewish population were intensifying. In Warsaw, site of the largest Jewish ghetto, mass deportations to the death camp of Treblinka began in the summer of 1942. Ratner was undoubtedly anguished by reports of the ghetto's liquidation, but perhaps also rallied by the news that a group of resistance fighters there had initiated an armed uprising on April 19, 1943. This date may have seemed particularly significant in that it was the eve of Passover, the Jewish holiday commemorating the Israelites' liberation from oppression and slavery in ancient Egypt. The Warsaw Ghetto Uprising lasted for an entire month and was still ongoing when Ratner's exhibition opened on May 4th at the Rosenberg Gallery. This leads me to wonder if the painting's cautiously optimistic title reflects Ratner's hopes for the success of the Warsaw Ghetto fighters. And might he have changed the title after May 16th, when the ghetto finally fell to the German forces who murdered or deported the remaining inhabitants? But let's look again at the imagery of Place of Darkness, which does contain an element of hope that matches the painting's original title. Ratner described the grotesque figures in this painting as sinners, and perhaps they are analogous to the sinners of Dante's Inferno or Baudelaire's poem, and certainly to the Nazis. But what about the candle? It is, in fact, illuminating the darkness and allowing us to see some hope, most obviously in the figure of the angel, in the midst of despair. However we choose to interpret Place of Darkness, and although we should always bear in mind its creation against the backdrop of the Holocaust, many viewers also find this painting to be relevant to their feelings about contemporary social injustices. 
Thus, in place of darkness, Abraham Ratner successfully managed to express his despair and his hope over tragedies both specific and universal. <laughs>